the only thing I do not take seriously, boy, is you. Your politics bore me. Your demeanor is that of a pouty child. <laughs> and most importantly, you've alienated yeah, name, my favorite, favorite daughter, Gamora. Gamora. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Dude, Thanos is great. I love Thanos, man. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Eminem Marvel Mania Podcast. My name is Mike. And I'm Nick. And today we're going to be discussing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, 2014. I mean, this is one of the great ones, I think. I enjoyed this. I remember seeing this movie uh, in the theater, actually. Yeah, same here. It was really great. And it, also, I remember the fact that we went, we saw two other movies that day as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we what else did you see? We saw, I think it was, Scarlett Johansson was in I think it was like Lucy. Lucy, okay. And then I saw Hercules. It was with uh, The Rock. Oh, wow. So I saw those. like. One, was this shot. the best of the three? Yeah. Okay. It was about Hercules, and then Lucy was like, ah, you know. Okay. But yeah, not today. We're going to be discussing Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you know, let's be honest. This is different than anything that came before it. Yeah, and I I really like this one. I mean, the second one's really good, but I really like this one more than the second one. Oh, no. I Actually, you know what? We're going to get to it eventually. I have some major issues with the second one. Yeah. Like, okay, I, have, yeah. I have some very massive issues with the second one. And it's not to say that I don't like the second one at all, because I think the second one has some redeeming qualities. But I think this is the more complete movie. Yeah, I mean, you have... First of all, this movie, I mean, a lot of people, I feel like when it first came out, not, not a lot of people knew who they were. You know, it's kind of like Eternals. Like, Well, no, no, no. This, literally the only character in this movie that anyone has any sort of knowledge of is a guy who's barely in it, and that's Thanos. Yeah, that's Thanos. So you have all these group of, group of, I guess, I don't want to say misfits. But they're, a bu- they're a bunch of misfits. It's, bunch not, of misfits, it's, not bunch an, of, it's an app description. Yeah. yeah, so you have all these guys all these guys, and one female that are basically put together and are the guardians of the galaxy. Yeah, and uh, it begins with Peter Quill. Now, look, let me just start off right off the bat by saying this is uh, a James Gunn movie. Okay? Oh, yeah. And, and even though they are entirely different, with the ratings and whatnot, mm-hmm. I feel so many similarities between Guardians of the Galaxy and the Suicide Squad. Yeah, similarities did. across the board. His movies are really good. You got you got to love his. Movies. He has such a unique style of humor. Oh my god! And he combines it with this. Well, in the Suicide Squad, it's more gory. No, it's Here, more like, it's yeah. obviously Disney-fied. Yeah. You know, but still, he makes it work. Yeah, he does have some dark humor to him, obviously. hundred percent. But... And you know his style really comes through here, and I mean I think I think he was the perfect director to bring the Guardians into the MCU. Yes. And the cast, I mean, think about how odd this cast is. Okay, so hear me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Pratt, the chubby guy from Parks and Rec, who's yeah. playing the lead, and who is now jacked. Yeah, he's jacked. Okay. That movie, man. You got Zoe Saldana, who is a great actress from Avatar. Mm-hmm. You know, but this is the first time she's in the Marvel universe. You have wrestler Dave Bautista. And I'm a huge wrestling fan. Yeah. I never would have thought Batista would be the guy to go Hollywood. Go all the way. Listen, he, he does his WWE stuff, man. I mean, he's got a thing for it. No, but he, he's great with action, and he's really fucking funny in this mm-hmm. movie. Hysterical. And then you have two great actors, Bradley Cooper, Cooper. and Vin Diesel, yeah. just doing voiceovers. Yeah. And Vin Diesel saying three words. But, like, he knows what he's saying, so he gets to react off yeah, the he words gets to, he, he says. Gets, he gets to say it in the proper way. Yes. Yeah. And it really is, and Groot really is kind of the heart of this whole movie. It, yeah, I mean, obviously the ending with Groot is, like, probably the most touching thing of the whole film. Yeah, no, and and, and really, it, who would have thought Marvel would find you a way to care about a talking raccoon and a tree? <laughs> 
listen, anything's possible. No, but I'm saying, yeah, no, compared to anything else, getting yes. you to care about Tony Stark and Captain America mm-hmm. versus getting you to buy into a raccoon who's talks and a tree. Yeah. You know, it's nuts. And you'll see more of that, too, in the other movie, too. Exactly. You'll see a lot more of that. And the, the Rocket and Groot are kind of like the heart of the Guardians. Yeah, they were. Yeah, that's very true. I feel like Groot is really the peacemaker, though. No, well, I mean, Groot, Groot, no, he's nothing like the peacemaker. Well, not, not, like, that, <laughs> not like that peacemaker, but more like the peacemaker of that group, I feel. Yeah, no, he, he's the bond. He's the uniting, you know, especially baby Groot and and the iterations of Groot that come after this movie. Mm-hmm. But this version of Groot is kind of that same way. He's just such a lovable figure. It's kind of impossible to dislike him. Yeah, no, I agree. You know? So this movie starts on Earth with Peter Quill's abduction after his mother dies mm-hmm. and kind of a dark way to start everything. Yeah. Being, being taken by the rap by Yondu instead of the Ravagers, obviously going from what if episode, you know? Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's kind of funny because now rewatching this film mm-hmm. and recording this, you know, <laughs> the Ravagers didn't get sent to go do the job here. Yeah. You know, it was, it was really Yondu. That, it was Yondu. Yeah. So, you know, what's funny too, is that also, uh, Chadwick Boseman did go for the role of Drax, the destroyer. He did. He did, you know. And, you know, I mean, hey, eventually he was a Ravager. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. So Peter gets abducted by Yondu, mm-hmm. and now we end up in space, and we meet a new Infinity Stone. Power Stone. Yeah, and uh, let me tell you, I mean, the whole setup here is actually quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Peter's in Morag, and then you got Korath showing up, mm-hmm. doing the bidding of Ronin, obviously. Yes. And, yeah, so here's the chain. Korath is working for Ronin, Who's working for Thanos? Yes, that is that is that's the, the chain. Line. Yes, because what does Thanos want? Thanos says, "Ronin, get me the Power Stone, and I'll destroy Xandar for you." Yeah, because and this is essentially the reasoning. Ronin hates anything to do with Xandar. Yeah, anything with the Nova Corps, Xandar, anything basically. Yeah, it appears that there's some sort of. I guess you could say that there is a, a problem between the Kree and the, the Zandarians. Apparently, because he wanted to spread Kree justice upon Xandar. Exactly. It kind of comes off a little bit Kree supremacist. Yeah. A supremacist little, type. A little bit, yeah. You know, so, but, but still, you know, it's pretty insane to me what's been going on with all of that. And right here in this movie, you see right off the bat that Ronan has very sinister objectives towards the Kree, not towards the Kree, towards the Zandarians. <laughs> towards the Zandarians, yeah. And so right off the bat, we start out with Quill and everybody. Go Well, actually, no, that's a little bit further ahead. We start out with Quill versus Korath, this yes. nice battle. I'm Star-Lord. Who? <laughs> and nobody knows. Nobody and then, knows who he is. And we learn a lot about Peter Quill in this very short scene. We see him... We see him take the Power Stone, trick Korath, get away with it. It's called the Orb in this It's film. called the Orb, but eventually we know that it's the Power Stone. Well, it's revealed later in the it's film. It's revealed later in the film. So he gets away, <laughs> and then there's a girl on his ship. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, random girl. Oh, you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be honest. I forgot you were still here. Yeah, what's your name again? <laughs> I think it was Barit. <laughs> yeah. And then Yondu calls in, and we see the relationship between Yondu and Quill, where you know Quill kind of resents Yondu and the Ravagers a bit for taking away from himself because the difference was it was the difference is basically with T'Challa and Peter Quill is that T'Challa really had a family and had more experience of other things besides his world like vibranium that he had in the world Peter Quill was just an ordinary human you know he didn't know all these other things you know and then being taken away from his mom from his home whatever else that was there like you kind of imagine like oh I don't 
really want you to be my dad. I don't really care about you. But he really does at some point. No, we find out in later that there really is a nice relationship between Yondu and Peter. But it's never really fleshed out here. That's more in Guardians 2. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we do see a lot of father and child relationships in this film. In the Guardians. And in particular, we see one very strongly with uh, Gamora, Thanos, and Nebula. Yeah. So Peter gets away with the orb. Mm -hmm. And we flash over and we meet Ronan. We meet Ronan the Accuser. Yeah. And look, you're talking about, if you want to talk about the great villains of Marvel, Ronan's not going to be up there. I mean. He's not a big villain, I'd say. He really isn't. He's, he, look, he. He wields, he's very powerful, if you want to talk about, like, his power scale. But he's kind of, I would say he's underused in this film. Because he really is only, I think he's only in the film, like, nine minutes, so, eight minutes. So would you say he's like a, a character like Thor Dark World? Where the... uh, no, because I think here they actually give him a reason for what he's doing. Even if it is just kind of like a stupid well, reason, like, I hate the Xandarians. Whereas Malekith kind of was just doing what he was doing. Right, but, like, time-wise, you know? Like yeah, no, I mean, time-wise, yes. I think he was shortchanged a bit. Yeah. But that's also part of it because you're building, unlike a movie like Iron Man, where mm-hmm. you're only really introducing one character and then you have the side pieces like mm-hmm. Rhodey and Pepper Potts. Yes. Here, you're introducing five characters, all of whom are essentially the main characters of this group. We obviously know Quill and Gamora are the two main characters. Yes. But yes. you're essentially introducing five new major characters into the universe. Right. I hear it. So it, there's a lot more legwork to be done. So Ronan, as the villain, is more or less there to just facilitate the plot here mm-hmm. than kind of do anything of great significance no i agree i mean i we we saw him in another movie we saw him in captain marvel but still we had no real they had no real reason with the character i mean i I didn't i didn't see as much as i thought i would no and and we see him you know i'm gonna bring creed justice upon xandar he killed he killed one of the the people from the nova Corps, i believe yeah and then so essentially it's found out that peter is going to xandar to try and sell the orb Mm -hmm. and so Ronin's like, um, Nebula's like, I'll go. Because Gamora and Nebula, daughters yeah. of Thanos, they were dispatched the- to work for Ronin. Yes. So now you have at this point where uh, Ronin sends them off. Gamora's like, no, I'll go, Nebula. You stay. You know, I'm the better fighter. I'm this, that, you know. Well, and that's kind of proven time and time oh, again. Yeah, no, it's proven automatically. Gamora is the better fighter. But you re- the real reason why Gamora went in the first place was to actually sell the orb for herself. Yeah, because Gamora had her own motive. Gamora had her own motive to leave and get away from Thanos. So Gamora, this whole movie, a lot of what you hear, so you'll hear Drax talk about how Ronan killed his kids. Mm-hmm. You'll hear a lot about Gamora saying, uh, I got to get away from Ronan. A lot of that is really more about Thanos. Yeah, he, and, and he, I don't think he knows that yet. And Ronan is just the lackey in this film. He really is. He's... At one point later on in this film, he d- defies Thanos. Yes. And, you know, that's more or less it. Yeah. We don't really see Thanos in this film much. We see him for two scenes. Yeah, pretty much. Only when he's talking to Ronan. Yeah. You know. So Gamora goes to Xandar and she's mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm going to get the orb. She tells Ronan she's going to get the orb. But really, she's looking to sell it and get out and get away from her father and right, Ronan right, and everything. Right. And Quill goes inside and he's talking to the broker. Yeah. He's trying to sell this to. And that you know, uh, why won't you take it? I won't. Ha- I don't want anything to do with Ronan. Yeah. Some dude named Ronan wants this. I don't want anything to do with it. Bad news. I don't want it. Nope. So at this point, you see that you know Gamora's outside waiting to get the orb, and Peter's Peter's like, oh yeah, wouldn't sell me. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get any money for it. All of a sudden, it turns into a big fight with him and Gamora. 
you also see two things. You see Stanley the, cameo. You see the Stanley cameo, yes. And you see the introduction of uh, Rocket and Groot. Yeah. So basically, Rocket and Groot are walking around Xandar, mm-hmm. and they notice Quill is there, and Quill's got a bounty on his a head. Hefty price from Yondu. From Yondu, because there's a Yondu wants Quill. Yeah, after not giving him the orb and yeah. going off on his own to get it. Exactly. So because Yondu himself wants the orb. Yeah. Everybody wants this damn Everybody orb. Everybody wants this damn orb. So Quill is kind of trapped between a rock and a hard place here. He's fighting Gamora yeah. for the orb, and they're going back and forth. And it's actually a nice little sequence here. Yeah, You know, we get to see Quill, you know, use the various tech at his disposal, mm-hmm. and we see how good of a fighter Gamora is. No, yeah, she's pretty good. And I love – I like. I remember – I forgot if this movie was in 3D or not, but they showed a scene with Rocket's gun coming out, and it was it came out like a 3D motion. Like I'm not sure – it probably was in 3D, but I know what you're talking about. The gun, like – it like yeah. shot out in a certain way that it would pop out on the screen. <laughs> so we actually have a really funny moment here where Gamora and Quill are fighting mm-hmm. over the orb, and Rocket and Groot hop in, mm-hmm. and Groot grabs Gamora, Instead. and Rocket's like, "Grab him, grab him!" And then he <laughs> grabs Gamora. No warm pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking great. And you see, like, Groot, he's fucking trapping up Gamora, oh and he meant God. to be going after Quill. The best part was that Gamora had her sword and started chopping his arms <laughs> off. Well, he grows back. He grows back, but still, so like, she was like, he was like, <gasps> Groot's just so good in this whole film, Groot man. Is really he's good. just. He's funny, he's the comedic relief, but he's also the emotional beat of the whole movie. I liked Rocket a lot, too, because when he was looking for bounties and see what he could find, he's looking at, like, besides Stan Lee, oh, you know, it's an old geezer. But then he's looking at this little kid, what are you, can't walk? Walk yourself. <laughs> you little gargoyle. <laughs> so they're all fighting, and eventually the Nova Corps roll up. Basically roll up and takes them all in, you know. And the funny thing, I thought Batista was actually, like, going to be, like, locked up. I thought he was going to be in the fights now because I was like, Where's Batista and all this? We're missing like a fifth, the fifth guy in the Guardians. Yeah, and then eventually you see when they're all taken to, uh, where the hell was the prison at? Uh, I don't know the name of the prison. I don't know the name of the prison, but they were taken to the most probably secure prison that they could have been taken to, and you see Batista locked up in there. Yeah, so they're all locked up. They're taken through processing and all that. We learn a little bit of small details when they're being processed. Mm -hmm. Gamora. Now we actually have a plot hole here. Yeah, they're like Gamora is the last of her species. Meanwhile, we find out in Infinity War that she's not the last of her species. That's It was a weird thing with that because they showed half of the population being taken out. But we really knew for a fact that her parents died. We yeah, well, no, her mom died. Yeah. You know, you knew that. that I, don't think we ever, I don't think we ever really see her biological dad. No, but she did. I remember her saying, I think my, both my parents are dead or something like that. Yeah. And then we see, you know, Rocket and Groot. And so... They're being taken into the prison, and yeah, this is where they meet Batista. But while this is happening, Ronan is brought before the almighty Titan. Mm-hmm. So you now have where he's like, oh, boy, where's the orb? I need this. Yeah, like, no, he, so you see the other from the Avengers. You do see the other from the Avengers. And I don't think we see this guy again. No, no, he gets killed. He gets killed, really. So Ronan is got his little, I guess you could call it like a, a hammer. I'd say hammer. So whatever, and... The other is talking to him because the other works for Thanos as well. Yes. And, you know, Ronan is because Thanos is like, you're you've alienated Gamora. Mm -hmm. You know, Gamora ran away from you. She's my favorite daughter. Everything we were talking about at the start of the podcast. Yes. Everything he said, he's like, you know, your politics bore me. I just want the damn orb. Yeah. You know, so all of a sudden you now have Ronan turn around, snaps the other's neck. Lower your tone. And and he snaps snaps his neck. Oh, my God. And then. It's just like, I'm going to get you the orb. Thanos threatens him. Oh, yeah. That's and then great. they walk away, and Nebula's like, you really think you can get the orb? 
you know, and he, and another like sounds fair, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll bathe the starways in your, your blood. blood. You I know? love that. And it's it really is good because it does make Thanos this imposing freak uh, freak of really mm-hmm. who we're gonna meet later again. Yes, I just I I feel like I like I mean the ugh, even though the look is kind of like totally different on him compared to the other movies. Well, no, he doesn't look the same. Like he doesn't look the same, anymore. but just the look. He's more and, blue here. He's more. His eyes are more blue. Yeah. If anything. No, well, know? his skin is more blue as well. He's yeah. he's more purple in Infinity. He's War. more purple in Infinity War, but even just the tone of his voice, like it's just so deep and like yeah. dark. Well, because you know what, I think that could also be chalked up to the fact that he's the main character of Infinity War, and we're meant to feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. And so if he's talking in that imposing voice the entire time, yeah. it's kind of harder to see his point. No, that's true. Whereas here, he's clearly just the dude who wants the orb. Yeah. Which is, like, very different role. (laughs) So, but yeah, that takes us over to the prison where all the Guardians are being locked up. So, yes, now the Guardians head to prison. And I'm not going to lie to you. The introduction of Drax the Destroyer. It's pretty badass. It is a good introduction to him. You know, and compared to everything, you know, obviously Drax is a bit of comic relief, more or less. Especially yeah. in the second movie and Infinity War. He's He has a lot of comic He's relief. He's more comic relief. This is probably the version of Drax where he's most to his comic type of being a real, as the name would state, destroyer. Yeah, a total destroyer of the team, you would say. in the In, like... Kind of the middle of the movie because well, he kind of fucks the Guardians. Well, yeah, I mean, one thing we learn about Drax in this movie is that he's not the most logical person. No, and nothing goes he, over he his really, head. Nothing does go over his head. He would catch it. Uh, but for the most part, <laughs> I mean, this guy, look at his actions in this movie, okay? And in Infinity War, okay? Why, he just runs right after Thanos on Nowhere. Yeah. Okay? It was an emotional move based on what happened to his wife and kid. Yeah, I mean, basically... Here, he calls Ronan. Mm-hmm. Same reason. Well, because Ronan was the one that originally got the orders from Thanos? <laughs> or was it just because... I don't even know what the real reason was. Wasn't it because... I'm, I'm going to guess that Ronan was doing the bidding of Thanos. At some point. And perhaps in the search of the orb. Yeah. I mean, he. it's a very confusing thing because you have, like... He was... His whole his family died. His family was basically killed, but he still has other people of his kind that we like. Do we know that? No, I mean we don't see any of them. We don't see them, and I'm hoping to see it in the third one too. Well, if the third one lives up to what we're hearing in the rumors, uh, Drax's world is going to be expanded upon a bit because, like I said, he's he's a bit player on the Guardians relative to Quill, Gamora, and Rocket, mm-hmm. and even Groot. He's kind of the fifth man. Like, like when you think of the story itself. Now he's the comic relief. He's yes. he's the guy that's there to to take the levity, make there some jokes. Yes, you know. I and, agree with that. And this is kind of the only time where we really see Drax go into badass mode. So let's get into that. So the Guardians arrive at the prison. They're being processed and everything, and we quickly see that Gamora is not liked. Not liked by anybody in the, in the prison whatsoever. Uh, it's kind of, you know, what's funny. Gamora's reception here is kind of like how TV shows portray when cops get put in prison. 
You oh, know, yeah, that's true. You know, they're kind of like immediately despised by the general population. Yeah. And here, Gamora, due to her thought, her thighs, <laughs> due to her, due to her thighs, but no, due to her ties to Ronan and, and Thanos. to Thanos, she's like immediately public enemy number one. Yeah, she's the one that you know does all of Ronan and Thanos's bidding. You know, well, formally, formally, you know. I mean, she probably she's done some killing, obviously. Well, Gamora has that dark past. Yeah. Gamora, in many ways, is like Black Widow. She's has Black that Widow dark ha, has that dark past? Hell of a fighter, badass. Is trying to make amends. Mm. I think the two of them. Well, look, they're not copy and paste, but there's definitely some similarities between the two. Yeah, you'll have you'll have similarities to teams because there's always one person in the group that you know is made for that well know? yeah i mean i'm just i'm just saying gamora and it's not a knock on either of them because mm. they're both unique in their own ways but there's some similarities between their backstories yes right. i mean yeah i mean and now having seen black widow i mean dracov is kind of like what thanos was to gamora true and adoptive kind of father exactly yeah. who then puts the kid to work fighting yeah, no, I, and, you I know, agree with that and the red 100%. room's kind of like thanos's <laughs> missions or his whatever. black order is well well, <laughs> those guys. Well, like that's, they're, they're for another time. They're for, yeah, they're further down. But yeah, I, but I mean, we already discussed them. They were in. We, uh, they were what in the if. what? They were in the second. What Don't mess with those guys. <laughs> they're bad news, man. <laughs> so after the we have the prison scene and everybody's basically attacking Gamora and the guards don't even give a shit because they they know the rep. They know the rep, and now you see them uh, taking her out of her cell. Oh, go there. It's easier to clean up the mess. Yeah, cleaner in the showers. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier to clean everything up. So they're they're gonna shank Gamora in the shower. <laughs> Quill wakes up, and obviously, because Peter Quill is quite a simp in, <laughs> yeah, in, in this movie at least. I like Rocket when he wakes up. And he like look he looks like an animal, like like literally a dog that woke up on the wrong side. Like literally, that's how you see it. He's his like face is like all like uh, like flattened. Yeah, and Rocket. Wakes up and he's like, Quill, where are you going? And obviously, Quill doesn't listen. So we go in there. All the prisoners have Gamora down. And then we get our introduction to Drax, who we had saw briefly. He was in the background staring up at the Guardians mm -hmm. as they were coming into the prison. And we get to see uh, Drax here walk in. And immediately the whole room like is scared shitless of this guy. You know who I am. You're Drax the Destroyer. Yeah, and seriously. I mean, look, again. Contrary to everything else we see mm -hmm. with how Drax is treated in the Guardians, with what he does in the movies, he is portrayed as much more of a badass in this movie. Oh, yeah. His reputation in the prison is something which just immediately shows there's another side to this character they haven't even explored yet. Well, yeah, because, I mean, being in prison, you have to be the tough guy or else, you know, you're kind of screwed. But he was the top guy in this prison oh. from what it seems. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I remember... The, t the guy that was like trying to get with Peter Quill, you know that big that big like alien dude, and then yeah. Groot like literally shoved shoved like his hand up his nose. Oh my god! Which was crazy. And Rocket's like, "You want to go through? You want to get him? You're gonna have to go through us." But then Drax is about to shank Gamora because you know, oh, you work for Ronan. Ronan killed my ma, my mother, <laughs> my wife, and my kid. Uh, and. Quill's like, whoa, 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 you don't want to do that, man. Yeah. Just take it easy, man. <laughs> just take it easy. Man. Quill walks in, he's like, whoa, just take it easy, man. We got shit to do here. Listen, you, you, you need her. 
why like why is that because she can help you get to ronin and, and then that's, and that's where you and then he puts it why would i put my finger on his throat <laughs> no no that's no, a metaphor it's a metaphor you know what I was saying, right? Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so essentially, Drax agrees to team up because, oh, we're going to go kill Ronan. How do we get out of here, though? Is the and question. the master plan of Rocket, yeah. who, by the way, has escaped many prisons. Many prisons, obviously. He's a mastermind of the team, I'd say. He's like the Tony Stark of the team. In a way, yeah. The ah, genius of the team, yeah. He's the genius of the team, I think. Absolutely. And the, I, this is a great scene because you have, I need three things. It was some guy's leg, the battery of one of the places in the main main place of the prison, mm-hmm. and then I, uh, what was it? What was the third piece? It was like a, eh, I forgot, honestly. But it was like some, there were three pieces. It was really only two pieces that needed to become one. It was the battery to make like the low graph stuff. Okay. It was the battery... It was the prosthetic leg. Yeah. And it was one of the key cards for the guards. The key, yeah. And it basically just ripped. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Rocket's like, and then all of a sudden they're all diversion. And we get the whole scene with Rocket and Groot mm-hmm. fighting all the guards with the drones. Yes, because Groot literally took the battery out of the place. Triggering the alarm. The alarm triggering yeah. the alarm. And that's a great scene, too, with them fighting the drones. Yeah. Because you, you get Rocket's like little shot with the gun. And they're basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. You gotta love Bradley Cooper's. Uh, you can't even voice tell it's him. You can't even tell it's him. I I mean, when you say it's Brad, like at first, like you don't know, but like no, you, could, you could tell, like at that point, you're like, nah. That, if you know it's him, you can hear him. Mm-hmm. But even so, I it doesn't sound exactly like. I can tell you, you know, it's Vin Diesel when he screams, "I am Groot" in a certain way. No, no, I agree. You can hear the Vin Diesel a little bit. You can definitely hear Vin Diesel. So at that point, they're trying to get out of the prison, and then Quill also needs the legs still for some reason. And he's like, you need my what? <laughs> <laughs> I had to transfer him 30,000 units. And it turns out they didn't even need it. Was it funny? Uh, I wish you could have saw his face. Hopping around like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so now at that point, they all of them get out. Drax is coming with them. And they turn off the gravity in the whole prison. And now the guards can't shoot them. Guards can't shoot them. Can't do anything. And that's where you see the first, like, uh, I guess the first shot of them all in one in one scene. Yeah. So you see them just break out of the prison, which is a great shot. And you know, and there's one small detail here. So they're planning their escape. Quill's got the orb, doesn't tell the team. He's got the orb with him. And <laughs> he goes to get his ship and he walks past the guard who took his uh that's, his walkman. That's what he wanted. He's like, You guys meet me at the ship. It's the it's the big, you know, big one. The Milano, the yeah. Milano, you know. I mean, he obviously had the orb. They were waiting in the ship. Oh, you got the orb, right? Yeah, I have it right. It's not in here. It's not in the bag that they had. So, and you see that Quill was really going back to get his Walkman that his mom gave him and all the tapes and stuff. Yeah. So that's why he originally went back. So as he beat the crap out of the guy that he originally got it taken away from, he's driving, which is a great scene of him going in space too. Yeah. I love that scene. And the music's playing, the old old music. And Drax is like, look, there he is. <laughs> Comes flying around the corner. It's like, I think it was If You Like Pina Coladas, right? Yeah. If You Like Pina, Pina yeah, I love that. It's great. Yeah. And then Drax is like, mystery man, what is that you had to get that was so important? Hands him a Walkman. <laughs> you are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from the dumbest guy on the team. <laughs> oh, my God. This is great. Look, his vocabulistics is not as good as you and me. <laughs> and his vocabulistics is limited to I and am and grew. Yeah. <laughs> but now they escape, and we get to see they go to nowhere. 
and nowhere. We get, we get to meet our boy, the collector, Tevan. the collector. And okay, first, first and foremost, there was no hint of what this is in Thor: The Dark World's post-credit scene. No, who knew Karina, the red chick that is working for the collector, that she was going to be in it again? Who, no, for, no, no, not just that. Who, who knew this? Who knew this bitch was suicidal? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, listen. I think she just didn't know that the amount of power that, that thing held, right. even though they explained it, the whole thing. They, they, the, 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 the collector literally spent like five minutes before that explaining it. Yes. And nah. you're telling me she's sitting there like, maybe, maybe <laughs> she, I'm telling you, she had to have been, more, she had to have had a death wish. I want to touch it. <laughs> so they roll up to the collector and they're explaining everything the collector's going to give them units and everything the group's going to get rich everybody gets to go their separate ways and nobody goes to jail <laughs> i never met a group <laughs> <laughs> and we see the collection a lot of easter eggs you see the chitari in, in the you see, uh yeah you, in the see, collection. you would see the same things like if you saw like what the what if second episode like you'll see all the other stuff that's in the collector's room you see howard the duck you see i think it was the first time he was in the in the yeah, MCU this, is, this is his first mcu that's his appearance. first mcu appearance um you know, you have like see Howard the Duck, Cosmo the Space Dog, Cosmo the Space Dog, and you know, and you also see a Celestial too that they're showing off the Power Stone. Yes, yes. So yeah, they 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 show like the the clip of the Celestial lose, using the Power Stone. Yes, and to show off its full capabilities. So basically, we learn here that the Power Stone is one of the six Infinity Stones. Mm -hmm. Can't really say I'm surprised. That's, At this point, they seem to have just been introducing them every couple of movies. It seems like that's where you really got the introduction of an Infinity Stone and what it really was, because I don't think you got like <coughs> I don't think you got like a specific introduction of what what the Infinity Stones were. In Dark World, they just mentioned they just it's mentioned, not wise to have two Infinity Stones yes, so close together. But you have a, a a strong introduction of what they are and what they yes. This what is they, this know. is the first explanation, and you do see the Tesseract in one of the pictures that. Uh, yes, he was showing. Too. Although the tesseract was already confirmed to be an Infinity Stone from Dark World, right? But that also makes it like clear that oh, okay, that these things are dangerous, you know. But now you see, after uh, Karina touches the Power Stone, the whole place explodes, and you know, <laughs> yeah, so like, I will no longer be your slave. So, so leave. I mean, what the hell are you doing? I think she's kind of trapped there. I think she had a collar around her or something that uh, couldn't let her leave, but. Uh, I'm sorry, but like that's a last resort, bro. Listen, uh, I mean, man. look, look, an Infinity Stone. He, he, she isn't Peter Quill. She had, I think it was her sister or whatever, because there was another person of her. Yeah, kind. no, they, they, I think they had her sister trapped. Yeah, yeah. So you see that, and the best part was after the place blew up, uh, they take the orb and like you have the orb, right? Oh, we gotta get out of here. And then Rocket's like, "Why do you still have it?" <laughs> Well, remember, Rocket and Drax are hammered. They went out drinking. That's true. They did. Oh, that was great. Rocket and Gamora and Peter doing their flirting and everything. His <laughs> pelvic sorcery. A man named Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah, he may be on the team. Uh, yeah. But and then you have <laughs> Rocket, Drax, and, and I think Groot were out and they were getting hammered. They were getting hammered. Rocket and Drax had a fight, and then they broke up the fight. That was that was before they went to see the Collector, though. Yeah. And Drax didn't even go to see the collector. He went to call Ronan and yeah. tell him, "Oh, we're here. Fight me!" Obviously, like a drunk, drunk Drax would do. Yeah, you know. So they come out of there, and Ronan has made an appearance. Yes, with Nebula and his goons and everything. So at this point, uh, Drax is like, "Fight me, Ronan!" And Ronan's like, "Nah." And he's like, "You remember me? You remember my wife and daughter that you killed?" 
You know, then you have Nebula and the Goons chase after Quill, Rocket, and uh, Gamora. And then Quill has to call in help. From the Ravagers, yeah, exactly. He calls in Yondu. He calls in Yondu, and he's saying, listen, you know, because after Nebula basically blew uh, Nebula in space. Nebula blew Nebula out? Nebula blew, uh, Nebula blew Gamora out of space, basically, and she couldn't survive at any point because, obviously, nobody could survive in space. So that's the Thor. That that is true. That, I didn't think about that. You know what? That's fair. Yeah. So I mean, at that point, uh, Quill is going for the sacrifice play, and oh, this is major simping, bro. This is it. Listen, I it was a great moment because it's a great shot. It is. And it's very and it's very dramatic. And at the end of it, obviously, when Yondu picks them up, you see that like, oh yeah, oh, somebody could be so so noble and heroic. <laughs> And then Gamora's like, oh, stop. You just, you, where's the orb? Uh, <laughs> it's with them. Yeah. And so the orb gets taken by Ronan. And Ronan, after that, beats the crap out of Drax. Oh, Ronan gives it to Drax, man. I mean, absolutely demolishes Drax. Well, the thing is, is that you think, I think Drax would have had a better fight given the fact that he was drunk. Well, yes, he was hammered. He was hammered. This is so true. So I think he would have a better time if he wasn't. But, I mean, we just see Ronan's powers on another scale here and just completely destroys Drax. I mean, ragdolls him everywhere. Mm -hmm. He's just destroying Drax. Yeah, and that's really the only amount of fight you'll ever get out of him. Like, that's the only good fight scene I think you see with Ronan. No, Ronan, Ronan's fight scenes are more or less based around his the hammer. hammer. Yeah. yeah, whatever I, you want to nah, call it. Yeah, yeah, it's a hammer. But now at that point you have – um. What's called? You have them. They have the orb, and they're talking to Thanos. Oh, I didn't know that the orb was an Infinity Stone. You know, and then Thanos is like, "Boy, I hope you reconsider." And then, basically, Ronan. Says, you call me boy. You call me boy. I will. What is it? I will. I will enslave a thousand years of Kree justice and burn it to its core. Then Thanos. I'm coming for you. And Thanos just unfazed, like, hangs up the FaceTime call. He's like, <laughs> I, whatever, I don't got time for this. Yeah. So, either way, Ronan's got the Power Stone, and he's going to go take down Xandar, mm -hmm. as has been his plan all along. But Nebula, get a little insight into her here, she's like, if you destroy my father, I will help you destroy a thousand planets. Yeah, because she just wants him dead. That's really what she, she wants. She really, for as much as she still has loyalties to Thanos... She really, at the end of the day, is tormented by what he did to her. Yeah, took her away from her family, like took off her, took her parts with put it with robotic parts. You know, that's not like a father thing to do. No. <laughs> well, it's not the right thing to do. Not the right thing to do at all. And when your father does it to you, it's kind of uh it's kind of not good, to say the least. Not very good at all. So, now Ronan is going to go, and he is going to attack Xandar. Well, before the attack on Xandar, we actually have a pretty funny sequence with the Ravagers, Quill, and Rocket. <laughs> Those boys, they wanted to eat you. <laughs> Never tasted Terran before. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rocket rolls up with Groot and Drax. And Drax has this huge gun, and he's going to fire it at Yondu's ship. And that's the gun that helps save the universe, or the galaxy. In Somewhat. Sense. Well, yeah, it does, actually. It does save the galaxy, yeah. So, he he's like, <laughs> hand him over. And then Quill's like, dude, 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 we're fine, we're fine. Oh, hey, Quill. Oh, hey, Quill, how you doing? <laughs> 
So now, um, now they're on the ship, and basically they form this plan to defeat Roman. The accuser. The accuser. And Korath, he's gonna, the pursuer. He's going to decimate Xandar if they don't stop him. I was like, uh, you get the orb. You can have the orb. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. You know, let's work together. And also worked with, uh, what are they, the Xandarians? Yes. Yeah, so, so the Xandarians. Xandarians. Ooh, Asgardians. The Asgardians. Asgard. So... Uh, we uh, then see them notify. Uh, <laughs> we see them notify the Nova Corps, and <laughs> there's actually a really funny quote. Uh, <laughs> so Roman Day gets the the uh, encrypted uh, yeah. message from Quill, and he goes to Nova Prime, and he's like, "You got a message from uh, uh, Peter, Peter, Peter Quill, Quill, kind of." Yeah. He's like, "Do you?" Tr-? He said, "He said that he may be an asshole, but he's not." And I quote. 100% a dick. <laughs> and Nova Prime's like, do you believe him? I don't believe anybody's 100% a dick, man. <laughs> no, do you believe he's, he's going to be true to his uh, Dude, John, yeah. John C. Riley's so funny. <laughs> I just, oh my God, I wish he had a bigger role in this movie. Because he's absolutely fucking hysterical. Isn't it sad to know that he's not there anymore because Thanos wiped out the planet? Well, presumably, yeah. Presumably, presumably. Yeah. Um, presumably Thanos did kill everybody on Xandar, including uh, <laughs> including Nova Prime and Roman Day. And I hope they set up the uh, actual superhero Nova that was with Xandar. I think that was a plan at one point. It was. The Russo brothers were planning to do it for uh, the what's called for like the introduction, but they just skipped the whole thing and just made it like, oh, that's how we get the Power Stone. Like okay. That, you know. Well, I mean, that's one way of doing it. Yeah. So now we move into our final battle. Yes, the final battle. So the agreement was made. They're going to get the orb and they're giving it to Yondu. Yes. This is and this battle basically is a couple of different dimensions. Uh, so you have the battles in the air between the Ravagers, the Guardians, and everyone in Ronin's army. Mm-hmm. Then you have the battles between the Guardians and Ronin, Nebula, and Korath on the ship. Yes. And then you have battles on the ground at the end. And then whatever, uh, what you will call Yondu was doing. That was a great scene with Yondu. You actually see him use this, like the pointy stick for the first time. The it's Yaka like, Arrow. Oh, the Yaka. You know the name. Come on, man. The of course Yaka I know it. Arrow. Of course I know it. I know all. I see all, but I cannot interfere. <laughs> for I am the Watcher. The watcher. Uh, so, but that, yeah, with the that was a great scene. I mean, you had that, and. Uh, I mean, it was a good scene, the fight between the Guardians. and I really like Drax in this final battle because we get to see him really – we get to see Drax in full force, and we see him rip Korax's thing it, out of his head. Like an electric – Whatever it is. He, he kills Korax by ripping something out of his head, and it's a really, really gruesome moment, at least for Marvel standards, <laughs> I should say. Speaking of gruesome, what about Groot? Just – all of a sudden shooting his arm through like five to six and then guys smiling about it <laughs> and then literally hitting them back and forth and then just smiling at it like wow and amidst all of this you got gamora and uh, nebula battling mm-hmm. and we really do see like you know just how much they appreciate each other or at least that gamora really does appreciate nebula so gamora has nebula beat and nebula is about to fall off uh-huh. the ship and we see nebula hanging on and gamora's like please let me save you 
and Nebula drops off, lands on a ship, takes mm-hmm. out the pilot, takes the ship for herself, and, and loses a hand in the process. Yep, and now we know she's still alive. So she survives this movie. Again, ne- Nebula's such a great character. I mean, it's not even... I'm going to go as far to say Nebula might be the most well-developed member of the Guardians. Yeah, she's Because had- she... Her transformation from Guardians 1 to Guardians 2 to Infinity War to her role in Endgame. Mm-hmm. She's just such a different character. And that moment in Endgame where she kills the 2014 version of herself yeah. is insanely... How do I put it? It's insanely well done. Because we really do get to see her kill the old version of herself. And really commit herself to who she is now. Yeah, now she's a Guardian. She is a guardian of the galaxy. Yeah, guardian. Yeah. <laughs> so now at that point, you also see the Nova Corps help too in the scene. Of course, you know, and they're holding back the ship from touching down on Xandar. And eventually Ronan uses the hammer to break through. And it basically kills all of them. Basically kills, yeah, all of the Nova Corps. All the Nova Corps that are forming that shield. And we get in there and Drax... Has the gun, pops Ronan. Doesn't do a thing. Knocks right off him. Like a bullet, like, like, I don't want to say like John Wick and just, just shot and just bullet, the bullet, just, the bullet just drops. He's got like a bulletproof vest. <laughs> Boom. That's it. It wasn't even a bulletproof vest. It was like he was, it, it was literally like he was so solid the bullet couldn't penetrate. Yes. Exactly. And, and Ronan's just standing there and like, oh God. You guys are in trouble. We're in trouble. <laughs> I so, mean, either way, it leads into the sad moment of the movie. The saddest, let me tell you, man, this is by far, besides other deaths in the MCU, uh, you, Groot's death is just so upsetting. You see this character, you're like, you're killing off one of like the main guardians right now. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's not, he's not dead. Marvel got us to care about a talking raccoon and a tree. Yes. As I said earlier. Yes. A talking raccoon and a tree. No, I 100% agree. It's just like, it's a living, it's like a living thing. And it's like, you know, we are Groot. Like that's uh, like, he doesn't say I am Rocket with tears in his eyes. That's like his, his brother, his son, his everything. Well, this version of him, I guess is like a friend. It's like a friend. And then the one that obviously in the future is like a son. Yeah. You know, but Man, let me tell you, the the he surrounds himself with with the friends that he has made, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and after the ship plummets into Xandar, and you see them that they're all still alive besides Groot, obviously. You see Rocket holding one of the one one of the pieces of Groot. He could have took more of them, honestly. Made like <laughs> I, no, but like it, it, he's literally holding a piece of Groot. Yeah, and it's it really really hits. And but before that, I'm sorry, but like, what's worse, this death of Groot now or the future? I'm gonna say this one because the one in the future was a collective among many other deaths, mm-hmm. so but, it's not as impactful his individual death. But for that character, but for Rocket, like, how emotional do you think it could have been compared to that to this Groot's death? I think that Rocket may have had a tougher time with this death. Because I, I look, we don't know how long Rocket and Groot have known each other, mm-hmm. but I do think that him and this Groot 
had a relationship that is very different from the group that we see in the future. Right. And I think that there is a lot to be said. We see Rocket at the end of this movie is broken mm -hmm. by the death of Groot. And obviously we know that Groot comes back in uh, child yeah, form like and then team form. But it still really breaks Rocket. And it's part of what motivates Rocket in Guardians 2. You know, because... In Guardians 2, to there's the scene where he doesn't want he doesn't like Gamora go back out to try and save Quill. Yeah, and he's like, I can only afford to lose one of my friends today. And mm -hmm. you have to feel that that was partially motivated by the grief that he had from when he lost Groot in this movie. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, like I said, Groot is such a great character, and to see him, his original such a bird, unique take, such I mean, a such a, a great character, just to be. Not thrown away, but that version of him just thrown away is sad because you don't get to see like what I he think, is. Now. I think at some point he might get back to that same you think, form. You think he'll be? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, he's at his teenage form at the moment. Yeah, you know. And you know, if there's a time jump, he could be, you know, closer to where he was. Given, given the fact that Guardians, I don't, is Guardians supposed to come right after? So Endgame? Guardians Two is three weeks mm -hmm. after Guardians One. Okay. And we see him in baby form. Right. Then a couple years later, and Infinity War. Yes. And he's already game. a teen. Right. And he got. If dusted, Guardians, so. if Guardians three picks up a couple years after, you can assume that he would be an adult. Right. Hmm. We'll find out. I guess once we get a trailer in two, two, three years. I mean, the movie's not coming out till twenty twenty three. Right. So like. So we're we're not, and they haven't even started filming it yet, or they've only just started filming. They've only just, I think. I mean, look, Guardians are in Thor four, so we will get a sneak peek of them next year, hopefully. Hopefully, I mean. Uh, we'll see what happens, but now that we get to the end of the movie, we're basically Ronan is facing off against the four remainders, remainders of the Guardians, and he's basically about to use the Power Stone to destroy Xandar. And at that point, you have Star Lord doing a distraction of <laughs> dance off, bro. Ooh, child, ah, things are going to get easier. Dance off, bro. You know what are you doing? <laughs> it's just. This is just how you would expect this movie to end with not so much the end to an epic battle like how Avengers and all those other MCU movies end with a big ending to the battle, mm -hmm. but like a funny off-kilter ending to really cap off a movie that was different than any other at the time. This movie, I mean, listen, when I saw this in, in the theater, great movie. No, I mean, this Amazing. movie right off the bat. And obviously, Drax shoots the weapon, destroys the hammer. The power stone comes flying out. And Peter, Cole Peter grabs, it, grabs it, it and does not die. And this is the first hint of his true heritage. I see the see the thing is, he doesn't die, right? No. But my thing is that I don't think he could have held it for that long. Because it seems like at that point, he was going to somewhat explode until Gamora linked to him. Drax linked him, Rocket linked him, and the four of them united to hold I the think power that together. I think that was intimated as such that their collective bond was able to withstand it. Right. I also think, though, that his parentage with Ego... Yes. No, no, I agree with that. ...is part of what... Yeah. I do agree with it. It's just the fact that I thought at that point he was going to... Like, I knew he wasn't... There's no shot you're going to kill another character, right? No, no, no way. And <laughs> but, especially not your main character. Especially not your main character, but it's the fact that he's able to hold it for so much longer than other people would. Yeah. You know? 
So, and you know, I mean, this is really and a great ending here. And then Yondu comes to collect. Gamora's like, like, you can't give it to him, Peter. And Peter's like, I I have no choice. I got to give it to him. And he hands him the orb. And then two seconds later, how long do you think he realizes till I switched out the orb on him? (laughs) (laughs) So Yondu gets to his ship, opens up the orb he was given by Quill, Mm -hmm. and has a troll doll inside. Yes. And... You know, Yondu just smiles, and it it, it kind of hints at what we're gonna see in Guardians too between the two of them. And you finally get their name too, because uh, Ronan at, at the end of the fight scene, basically, like, "You're mortal, how?" And then he's like, "Peter Quill's like, you say yourself, bitch, we're the Guardians of the Galaxy." And it, it is a great. It, it's line. such a it's such a great line, and then they wrap it up. Uh, they give the Power Stone to. Uh, Nova Prime and mm-hmm. Xandar. However, they don't do a great job protecting it. Not really. <laughs> we don't know how that went down, okay? we don't. I mean, let's be honest. We know enough about how it went down. Thanos came in, wanted the stone. He walked out with the stone, and Xandar was gone. Pretty much. I mean, the Nova Corps didn't stand a chance against him. No. They, they think they, they needed help from the Guardians, the Nova Corps, the, like the Ravagers... Just to defeat Ronan. And Ronan is clearly not Thanos. This movie, if anything, the issue with this movie, I think, is the fact that Ronan constantly comes off like more of a side villain than a main villain. Once they once they show that he's working for Thanos, he even though they try to build him into the main villain in the movie, and he is the main villain of the movie, you still get the sense that he's just a henchman for somebody else. No, that's true. You know, it's hard to buy into somebody like that unless you're talking about a character like Loki whose complexities and family background we know a lot of. I feel like they're just saving they're saving characters that are more cosmic for other movies. And I think like they chose this character, I guess, for a specific reason. Yeah. You know? Well, whatever it may be, I mean, that's really the only weakness I think this film has. Yeah. I mean, overall, I mean, the humor's great in this movie. This is the funniest MCU movie up to that point. It was the funniest MCU humor's movie. Humor's great. Good battle sequences. The, actions, the, the action was solid. I, I liked the final battle, the way they were battling over Xandar and everything. I really liked the way they did the that. The music thing. was great. The music. Oh, come on. And do we, 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 that, of course, has to be mentioned. Best, I don't think we touched on it yet. Best soundtrack, I think, of the Guardians trilogy so far. I like Guardians 1 soundtrack slightly better than Guardians 2. Yes. But they do such a great job with the music. And the final scene of this movie really gives you that emotional hit once again. Yeah. So Quill's sitting down. They have a new ship now. They have the new ship, and uh, he <laughs> opens up the letter from his mom. Yeah, after not opening it for the whole time. For all those years since she died. And it's Awesome Mix Volume 2. When you need me, call me, no matter where you so, uh, th- th- thank you. Thank you. Hey, it's a good song, No, man. it's a great song, but who sings that song? I don't even know. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great so, song. But, yeah, and then we got our two post-credit scenes. The two post-credit scenes. Oh, were- and we also find out that Yondu was supposed to deliver Quill to his dad. Yeah, and that's what leads into the next And film. that's Guardians 2 as well. It's just a direct lead into that, <laughs> where the hint that, oh, Peter's father is out there. You also get the scene with Drax talking to Mora. Oh. Ronan was just a puppet. It's really Thanos I need to kill. Yeah, and I mean, that kind of sets up what Drax does in Infinity War, doesn't it? 
I guess. It explains his actions at least somewhat. It explains his actions why he was the way he was at certain points, but he knew that there was a limit to how far he could go, I think. Yeah. Because, you know, how quilted. I mean, look, Drax got the shit kicked out of him by Ronan. You really think he could take down Thanos? In the comics, Drax does. Yeah, it's just the, it's just the fact that Thanos already had a couple stones. Well, still, still, <laughs> still, Thanos is clearly a more powerful being than Ronan. He's he's a mad type. Yeah. yeah. Mm, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Mad. So, so, yeah, we get our two post-credits. Uh, the one the Jackson 5 is playing. Mm-hmm. And you see Baby Groot growing. And every time he's dancing, Drax turns around. And he stands still for a second, making sure he's not looking. And he keeps dancing. It's a it's a cute little scene. It's a nice scene. And then the second scene, kind of another one of those. You see Tanner Lirtzavon, the Collector, all destroyed from the explosion of you know K- Karina killing herself I mean, again for for what I thought was really no reason. Yeah. Uh, have a little drink. Uh, Cosmo walks up. Cosmo the dog starts licking dog. him. <laughs> and then we hear a voice. <laughs> Why you let him lick you like that? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and we see famous Marvel character perhaps infamously famous from his movie howard the duck howard the duck and i mean we mentioned this in the eminem marvel mania trailer uh, how we're gonna touch on even the less popular movies howard the duck i think's got to be on that list and at some point and i think once the rewind finishes that should be the movie once the rewind finishes once i mean yeah we'll get to it because we'll have other things along the way but Howard the Duck should be a priority, given the fact that we haven't even watched it. Well, I, I saw, I've seen it. Actually. I've seen clip. You've, you've seen the movie. I've watched it entire. I watched it last year. Okay, and let me tell you, it's as advertised, Nick. <laughs> okay, With, it, it is not a fine piece of uh, film. Yeah, it I, is. I will say, it is somewhat funny. It looks more like a puppet, right? I mean, it, it's basically a puppet. Yeah, it's basically yeah, a, puppet. It, a puppet or. You can clearly tell that there was not great graphics at the time. I mean, obviously. this movie was made before the turn of the century. Yeah. So, obviously, technology wasn't there. Yeah, but, but how Howard the Duck looks in Guardians? Well, yeah. It's Guardians. completely different. Oh, yeah. With Guardians, they actually changed the look a little bit from Guardians, Guardians 2, you, in Endgame as well, in that little scene. In the, yeah, we, uh, we the see portals. him in Endgame for literally half him, a second. Now. Yeah, but, like, he's there, you know? So, it's like a Stanley cameo. Yeah. yeah, Howard the Duck, the new Stanley. I don't know. I'm really hoping we see something with Stanley, like even something mentioning future MCU movies just with Stanley, because yeah. the one movie that we didn't get him in was Far From Home. Yeah, I know. I you know? know, and that's sad because Spider Man was his uh, greatest Spider-Man creation. Was his greatest creation. But so, but yeah, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I mean, look, this is an A tier movie. Yes, I, I, th- movie. I think I think this is one of the top ten films in the MCU. And I think this is actually one of the greatest uh, comic book films of all time. They really do a great job. James Gunn is a master at taking a ragtag group and making them into... Like I was talking about earlier in in this episode, the Suicide Squad, even though obviously the gore and everything is different, Mm -hmm. a lot of what they do in the Suicide Squad can be seen here as well. They thought that... I remember they thought this movie was going to bomb hard. This was... A lot of people said this is going to be Marvel's first big miss. Yeah. And they were totally wrong. Absolutely wrong. And I'm glad they were wrong. Yeah. Because we're going to have had a trilogy of of these guys. They're going to have appeared in six movies at the very least. Mm -hmm. You know, wild success. I mean, you took characters that even Advent comic book readers probably did not know much about. And turn them into household names. Maybe I was I was a little bit younger at the time, but I had no idea who the Guardians even were. No idea. 
I just saw a funny trailer for this movie, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's made by Marvel. Marvel made Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, I'll go check it out. I'll check it out, sure. Because at that point, I wasn't into it like that. But still, I mean, they did a great job making this movie appealing to other people besides just comic purists who would be the only people that knew of them. Yes. So. But any final thoughts, Nick? Uh... No, I, th- I think I'm good. I mean, I think our next episode will be uh, pretty interesting. Either it'll be our Shang-Chi review or it will be our... No, I think, I think Shang-Chi is going to be up by the time this gets posted. It'll probably be either a what-if episode or the next episode of The Rewind. I hope you guys enjoy it because we haven't even seen it yet. So, <laughs> But either way, uh, for the MN Marvel Mania podcast, I've been Mike. And I've been Nick. And uh, we'll see you all soon. Take care, everyone.